Well, we will wrap this up in time so that we can uncover the feet of our respective spouses <laughs> later. <laughs> later. <laughs> there we go. First inappropriate joke in the podcast. <laughs> Hey, welcome to Fun Sexy Bible Time. Thank you for joining us. We have been gone for a while. Uh, we've been on sort of like a little mini hiatus. We've sort of slowed down the blog and slowed down the podcast while I'm working on the next book. But we are back tonight. We are back with a returning contributor. Not really a contributor. You just want to be like a like a regular guest host. Can we call you, can we call you that, Lauren? Yes. You can call me whatever you want. Lauren... Lauren Larkin, one of the matron saints of Fun Sexy Bible Time. She is she is back with us tonight. Um, what's going on? Uh, what's going on on your side of the country, Lauren? Tonight, um, heat, dryness, uh, a lot of racism, and um, <laughs> cowboys. How dare you bring real world topics into Fun Sexy Bible Time? <laughs> Sorry, I'm in, I'm in the wet. I'm in a very very weird place. In Western Colorado. Hey, listen, you're in a very weird place in this podcast because <laughs> we still have not resolved whether or not Ruth sexed Boaz on that first night. Um, yeah, and all your 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 all your astute arguments are not convincing to me. Uh, listen, okay, we'll we'll come back to that. We <laughs> this is something we have to decide. Lauren is you are very you're one of the busiest people that we have on this podcast. You do Azer Uncaged with Sarah Terrace. You write for Mockingbird on a semi-regular basis, and you're yeah. also kind of a big deal over at Key Life. I'd like to think so. You are definitely a big deal. Of course, all of those things pale in comparison to uh, frequent guest host on Fun Sexy Bible Time. Absolutely. Um, I know that's probably the first thing on your on your resume when you send that out. I, I mean, when, when something for Key Life or Mockingbird or Azer and Cage comes up and it requires me to do something at night, I always say no. But when you said, let's podcast, I can only do it at 8.30 my time at night. I just told my husband, I'm busy. <laughs> I told the kids, you're going to bed by yourself. <laughs> Even the toddler. Okay. <laughs> Well, we will wrap this up in time so that we can uncover the feet of our respective spouses <laughs> later. <laughs> later. <laughs> there we go. First inappropriate joke of the podcast. Oh. Oh. Okay. Um, <clears throat> and what, tell people, what, what have you been working on? Um, uh, well, I'm still working on my uh, a dissertation, slowly but surely. Um, and I'm in the final stages of wrapping up all the requirements for ordination. Okay. Um, and so that's been a lot of work. Um, uh, some other research writing projects, um, sort of starting to get underway. I'm not, you know, I'm not, I'm not like at a point where I'm comfortable talking about anything. I've been doing a lot of editing, actually like paid editing, um, for New Growth Press. So I'm excited for the book that I'm editing now and the book that is coming to me soon. Um, uh, so, and I already know whose book it is and I'm super excited because I love the author. Um, but yeah, so I've got a lot of that stuff going on. You know, stay-at-home mom, uh, full-time wife, 
Um, <laughs> uh, you know, running. I have a race coming up in a couple months, so training, uh, all that stuff. And doing a 3,000-piece jigsaw puzzle, which I thought would be fun to throw into the mix. Outstanding. <laughs> Outstanding. And also, we'll talk about this too, keeping it real as a one-vehicle family. Yes. Yeah, it's hardcore. We're awesome. People don't realize this, but Fun Sexy Bible Time, th- this is the podcast of a one-vehicle family. Yes. And we, this, we hold this it down podcast. so hard. Yeah. This, this podcast, specifically, this one, this episode... Mm-hmm. Is hardcore one van flag. Yeah, it's uh, it, the struggle is real, but there's also real benefits to being a one car family, especially if you're an introvert, because it lets you get out of so many things that you wouldn't otherwise <laughs> want to do. Just yes. by saying sorry, you know, we've you, we've been down to one car for a while, so I just don't yeah. think we can make that. I can't make anything. So sorry. No, I don't want to drive over. I can't drive over to that park and have a play date with you. Yeah, I got the, you know, I got the kids, you know, <laughs> I got the kids tonight. I just don't think I can do it. We just, you know, I got one car. <laughs> so, um, before we get going, we, we, we got to shout out our listeners. Um, okay. we, we, we have very loyal listeners at Fun Sexy Bible Time and, I kind of, I've kind of really grown to enjoy it because I thought like I would want the podcast to get really big when we started doing this, um, but it's weird because like it's kind of taken on a life of its own, and like I do a lot of things for my books and the website and promote those things, but I really don't promote the podcast at all, and it's kind of gotten to be like this sort of intimate little family where, like every time we put one out, you know that like it's, it's basically the same three hundred, four hundred, five hundred people are just going to listen to every single one. Um, that brings me to Bethany Perkins. She tweeted at me and said, the, <laughs> she said, the next time you make fun of Calvinism, can you please shout me out? <laughs> Done. Done, Bethany. <laughs> and you can replace Calvinism with Methodism or Methodist, uh, church of Christ, any Baptist, like it really doesn't even matter. Like that kind of request, we're, we're going to honor that every single time. Absolutely. Um, so shout out to Bethany Perkins. Let me give you a, a Calvinist joke here, Lauren. Okay. Uh, how many Calvinists does it take uh, to have an effective church service? <laughs> None. It doesn't matter because humor is not biblical. <laughs> it is biblical. Oh, now we're going to go at it. <laughs> Let's see. The joke has different layers because... Okay. Because now we've told the biblical untruth, which makes the Calvinists even angrier. So <laughs> they, they should be furious. Because as soon as I said that, like, I, there's probably well, actually, I said, you know, no, no hardcore Calvinists listen to this podcast that would actually get offended by that. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm sure they're you know, or two or more gathered. They're composing angry emails now. <laughs> well thought out, very detailed, very organized. Yeah. Uh, so shout out to you, Bethany Perkins. You can find Bethany on Twitter at Bethany dash or underscore Perk. And uh, I sort of gave Bethany a nickname. I want to run it by you real quick. What do you think about the nickname Perk City, Lauren? Isn't that wasn't that from Friends? I don't know. Like I don't. I hate that show. I've ne- I've never. I don't watch Friends. I think Rachel works at a coffee shop that's like Perk City or the. Does Perk she really? Or- Is that like a real thing? I, th- I I think you might you might be on the borderlines of um, what is that copyright infringement? Oh wow! 
Yeah. I don't know. We need to look this up as we go. Park City. Hmm. That's a nice play on Park City, which is over in Utah. Oh, wow. See, I almost didn't give... I almost didn't throw that nickname out because it sounded like the word perky. And perky is sort of like a word that sounds kind of dirty, even when it's not. <laughs> so I almost didn't... Like the word moist. Yeah, it's like the word moist or frisky. Like, you know, you wouldn't, like, get done with this podcast and then, like, go to your husband and be like, yeah, I really like that Matthew guy. He's very frisky. <laughs> you know, I'm a, I'm a former horseback rider, and uh-huh. we always talked about the horses being frisky on cool days, like in the spring and the, in, the, in the fall. They mm-hmm. were frisky. Like, for, so for me, if someone calls me frisky or says someone's frisky, I just kind of picture this, like, horse that's, like, prancing around all energetic-like. Uh-huh. So it has like a horse connotation to me. It doesn't have like a sexual connotation to me. Oh, uh, yeah. I thought like I thought per- Perky was kind of bad, but then I remembered that I'm me and I don't care. So I just went ahead and called her Perk City anyway. Yeah, yeah. See, I googled, yeah. I, I I binged Perk City, and I'm getting nothing. Like I don't see anything. So now I'm even more confused. Like if that was a real thing from the show Friends. Do you think it would come up? I yeah, know, because right? I'm like the worst person to ask because I, I seriously hate the show Friends, so I, I avoid it at all costs. How do you how do you avoid it at all costs? Like Jennifer Aniston is on every magazine like once a month. Well, I mean, yeah, I just I, I just don't watch it. Like uh, the show, the actual yeah, the show. show. Not like I didn't the... think the show was funny. Yeah, you're gonna have a lot of people stop following you now for saying that. Well, I, I feel like I've made my my point pretty clear on on the, on the Twitters. <laughs> About how much I hate the show Friends. <laughs> there are people that love that show, like, cultically. Yeah, it's just like a show of, like, perfect white people. And it's like, come on, guys. Like, I am a perfect white person. Like, you know, I, I tune into TV to get away from real life. Right. Right. Well, Ross isn't that perfect. He's sort of annoying. <laughs> no, like, I just, I hate it because, like, it's so unrealistic. And it, it just wasn't funny. Like, it just wasn't. It wasn't funny to me. The canned the canned laughter didn't get you going. That's a that's a that's a good indicator. Like if they pump in the canned laughter, you know the show's probably not funny to begin with. <laughs> oh, I think you're treading into some treacherous waters. Mm. Well, speaking of treacherous waters, yes, I need to riff on the um, church pool party. Have you ever experienced a church pool party? No, I've been so blessed. <laughs> I here's the thing I feel like when you get to be a certain age it's okay to rock the dad bod right <laughs> yeah and I just don't understand like the people who are our age that have perfect bodies yeah and let me tell you why I feel like they're bad parents mm. mm-hmm. I, f- I feel like when if you have a perfect body at age you know anywhere from like 35 on I feel like that's an indictment of your parenting skills <laughs> because you're spending more time on your body than with your kids. Absolutely. And I don't know what the, I don't know what the female equivalent of this is, but I'll, I'll just speak for the guys. Like, as as a dad, like you just work out the biceps. Like that's the dad plan. That's the dad workout plan. Just work out the biceps. Get strong enough to where you can defend your family against the zombies when they rise. And and don't worry about having a perfect stomach. Now. I guess one glitch in your whole theory would be that there um, are 
human beings that are just naturally predisposed to being lean and muscular. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're and called, they're called teenagers. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, yes, I guess if you're talking about a de- age demographic, that would be more. But I, I know some people that are just like svelte. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I just feel like my dad bod is a direct confirmation of how good of a parent I am. Yes, and I want to encourage you. <laughs> because, I mean, the dad workout is you do the bicep curls and then you forsake yeah. all forms of cardio. Yeah, I, I, I think I know some guys that would agree with you <laughs> intimately. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I guess, I guess the question even for women, like if you're just so fit and just ripped, I mean that that takes time and energy. So yeah, I think you could probably make a good deduction that something's suffering. So it could be the marriage, it could be the children, it could be food. I mean, Boaz probably had a dad bod. I mean, that guy was out threshing the wheat. I mean, he didn't have time to do the P90X. I mean, he just had. I mean, it was just like a swarthy. Swarthy kind of dude. But don't you think threshing takes a lot of, like, core strength? Yeah, it probably does. Probably does. Okay, wait, funny story. So in my old town where we used to live, just outside of Pittsburgh, there was this Catholic church. It was the Good Samaritan Church. And they had this um, statue built of um, the Good Samaritan incident. Not the beating part. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but the, the recovery part where, you know, the guys put on the donkey. And, um, well, anyway, they just say it, this, the, the, the statue has, this big cement statue, has um, the donkey, the wounded guy on the donkey, and then the Samaritan or Jesus, I couldn't tell really who the other guy standing next to the wounded guy was, but we could just, you know, the, he kind of looked like Jesus. He had the kind of long hair, Aryan face. <laughs> and so... Um, <laughs> And so I, we were, my husband and I were admiring the statue because our kids love to get out and play on it because it was fairly large and made out of cement and dangerous, so mm-hmm. fun. And um, we noticed that the, the victim in the Good Samaritan story, according to the statue, had like a rockin' six-pack. <laughs> nice. <laughs> like, serious. And I thought to myself, wait, this guy could have kicked that other guy's, you know, proverbial donkey and like <laughs> been fine, but I mean he's like completely muscular here in this statue. So you know what it was? It was inappropriate abs. It was gym strength. <laughs> it was gym strength. It was gym strength. It wasn't real world strength. Oh right, 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 right. Like he could do like seven hundred sit ups, but he yeah. didn't. Like, <laughs> yeah, because you see those guys <laughs> in the gym that are like super cut, but they're. I mean, you you know that like the second they get into a fight, they're just going into the fetal position, like they. Don't hit my abs. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Don't hurt my abs. <laughs> Those are not the guys you want to follow during the zombie apocalypse. You want to find, you want to find like the uh, like the lumberjack looking guys. Yeah. And not like the the fake lumberjack hipsters that walk around <laughs> in flannel, because those right. guys are definitely getting getting eaten. Well, they're wearing skinny jeans too. Yeah. So. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Okay. Speaking of skinny jeans. Okay. Um, Oh, by the way, we didn't uh, shout out Sarah Terrace, your partner in crime. Yeah. Um, 
she uh, she demanded that if we make any John MacArthur jokes or boob jokes, we have to shout her out. And we haven't made either yet, but no, um, we'll just go ahead and shout her out anyway. Yeah, go Sarah. Um, <clears throat> okay, speaking of John MacArthur and boobs, um, I wanted to talk to you about because we've been sort of been talking about this on Twitter, um, back and forth, and we were holding holding this topic just for this podcast of. Um, I don't know, like bad theology. That's like a really broad talk, and I hate that term, but um, just sort of like when, Christ, when when Christians like go go bad, when Christians get get bad theology. Um, and I think what started this is we started talking about um, people who reject the tenets of Christianity yet insist on being called Christian. Um, is that a good way to set that up? Yeah. Um, because this is what fascinates me of, of people who sort of corrupt the message of Christianity. Uh, and I don't mean that like in a sense of like, you know, well, this person doesn't agree with me about predestination or free will or baptism or the second kind of, like, I feel like most evangelicals have enough sense to say, you know, we can disagree about stuff like that. That's really not that important. But when you get to like the, you know, who is Jesus? Like, even like in a semantic sense, like that becomes pretty important of like whether or not, you know, you're actually a Christian of what you think about Jesus. Right. Mm-hmm. I think so. Um, so like, that's, that's just sort of fascinating to me of like watching these, these people sort of like orbit through Christianity of like denying who Jesus was or why he was here or what he was supposed to do. But then also saying, but Hey, guess what? I'm still a Christian. Do you think it's some sort of like moral statement or like it's some sort of defining characteristic? Like it's almost like saying like, hey, I'm a good person. Well, I mean, cynically, I guess you could say that um, maybe it's a way to like stay in the money loop, mm. you know, because right. like if you're like a, um, you know, I hate to just use Rob Bell or, or you know, was in the other guy like Ryan Meeks or one of those guys like as an example, but if you just renounce the term Christianity, then you don't really have a church anymore. Then you don't really have, right. You know, you've sort of alienated all of your audience. Right. Cause who's going to read you? Yeah. At that point? Yeah. And one of the things too, that I was thinking about this was, it seems like back at, you know, rewind 10, 15, 20 years, it seemed like a lot of the bad theology, um, came from the theological right, if that makes sense. Like, a lot of the fundamentalism was really prevalent, like, in the 80s and 90s. And it seems like it, maybe that's just who I was exposed to. Mm-hmm. But it seemed like a lot of, like, the bad theology came from the conservative side. Mm-hmm. Um, you, know, you had people saying, like, if you listen to rock music, you know, you're going to hell. Or even Christian rock music, you're going to hell. Or um, Anything with a beat, you're Yeah, going anything to hell. with a beat or... All this weird legalism that came out of right. the, the theological right about like Halloween and what women should wear and things like that. Um, but wear know, on like, Halloween? What's that? What women should wear on Halloween? <laughs> well, that too. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I don't know. Like it, I don't know. You, you're probably better situated to, to talk about this than I am. But it sort of seems like that's quieted down a little bit. And now like a lot of the bad theology is sort of coming from the theological left. Mm-hmm. Of of like the super progressive Christians coming out and saying like like Rob Bell did like you know well you know I mean there's not really a heaven or a hell or there's not really this is not a sin or that's not a sin or the Bible is not 
binding the way we think it is. Yeah, I just, I mean, personally, when I call myself a Christian, it's such a weighty, descriptive title. Mm -hmm. I'm a follower of Christ, and that path leads to death. And so, it, 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 there's nothing, there's nothing in it that makes me think like, oh, this is glamorous, this is wonderful, this is famous, this is a, like you bear a cross. Like everything that defines the Christian life, according to the gospel and the biblical story, is isn't anything that's like. Oh, I just want to be Christian because it seems like a good idea or it's going to get me a lot of money. Like to bear that title is to, you know, wear the, you know, wear the weight of the cross um, mm -hmm. and to die like Jesus did. You know, I mean, not 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 literally in our day and age, you don't, you know, crucify anymore, um, or at least not physically, verbally, possibly. Um, but, you know, like it's it's such a weighty, weighty title um, and not one that you choose, really. I mean, if we adhere to the general tenets of uh, what we understand the gospel is, like to say that I'm a Christian is a profession of faith, a gift of faith that I didn't, you know, drum up from the inside and like decide I was going to be Christian. Mm -hmm. I mean, so why, I, the, what, what confuses me is like, why not just like come up with another name? Like, you know, you could, you could, <clears throat> like you're, 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 it's just, it's, it's weird to me. It's weird because the way I understand the term Christian, I mean, you think about the first Christians, um, they, a lot of them died because they bore the title Christian. Yeah. Um, and so what, what about our culture now that makes being Christian like this thing that you still want to hold on to? even when you're pretty much rejecting the the very definition of what it means to be a Christian. Yeah, and it sounds yeah, I mean it sounds like a really elitist argument to have almost um but like I mean even just like on a basic semantic sense of like you know, I could say I'm an Alabama football fan because I like Alabama and I want them to win. That it's kind of like somebody saying, "Well, I'm an Alabama football fan, but I don't really like Alabama football." <laughs> Right. It's like, well, what? Why? Like, why? Why are you hanging onto the label? Like, what? What's? Yeah, let them go. Like, sort of by definition, you know, as a Christian, you kind of believe that Jesus was who he said he was. Like, yeah, it's a profession of faith. To say that you're a Christian is essentially a profession of faith. Yeah, I like. I mean, and I disagree with you know, like so many different Christians on so many different issues. And like, I mean, I'm sure if we spilled out all of our issues, we'd disagree on a lot of things. But like. I feel like who Jesus was and what he came to do is <laughs> actually sort of important. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's not, and it's not a self-made title. It's not a self-made descriptor. It's, it's given to us because we have had ears opened and eyes open to see and hear what it is that Jesus has done for us. And so to utter technically to utter the words, I am a Christian is a loaded term. And it, it, it bears it can bear the penalty of death in some in some cases. Yeah. So it almost is a mockery of like countries that where Christians live underground for fear of their life. Like, oh, yeah. over here we just call ourselves Christians because it's cool. Um, but it's a it's a it's a weighty term and it has a huge definition and a lot I mean it's just like you know, I feel like the people who are calling themselves Christian while rejecting just about everything that it means to be a follower of Christ and rejecting everything that Christ came to do and did 
um, it's sort of like they just see the word Christian as like that very tip of the iceberg, and they're driving that Titanic, and they don't really realize that there's this huge portion of the iceberg that's about to rip open, um, you know, their boat. And it's it's just it's just confusing to me. I mean, I, I there are days that like my faith my faith is is something you know faith is always a blessing right because we have faith in christ and what he's done for us and wow what he's done for us is amazing but there's times where my faith is actually a burden um because it drives me to do things that my flesh and my pride don't want me to do like ask for forgiveness or Mm -hmm. confess something or do something for other people mostly the little people that live in my house um, when I'm flat out exhausted, but my faith drive, like it dri- it does drive me towards, you know, these things that just aren't pretty and aren't, um, you know, uh, uh, glamorous. Uh, so it's just, it's just a weird thing. I mean, I think it's really interesting that you brought it up because I don't spend a lot of time thinking about it. Um, I think because mostly I have my nose and books written by dead people. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, but like, I don't know. I mean, it's, that's pretty I, much where I stand on it. So. I sort of understand, like, and, and pre- it's probably just, you know, where I came from, but I sort of understand, like, the bad theology of the right a little better. Right. Like, when you have people, like, um, you know, like the fundamentalists who say, well, you're not a Christian unless you do this, or, if you know, if you do this, you're not a Christian, or um, even sort of, like, the, the modern stuff, like, where you say, like, you know, yoga is of the devil and just weird stuff like that. I almost understand that more because it's like when you're that legalistic, I think it's just you don't, you can't accept grace. And like you have to have a formula of this, 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 and this because that makes more sense. Um, so I kind of understand the conservative side, but uh, I don't understand the, the progressive bad theology nearly as well. Well, it's, um, a, it's a complete throwing out of the law. And so when that happens, um, uh, a vacuum's created, nature abhors a vacuum, and so that that concept of grace um, gets sucked into it. So instead of the law and then the gospel being proclaimed, which is what a good church, a good healthy church that proclaims um, God's full word, would proclaim first the first word, the law, and then the second word, the gospel, and just send everyone on their way. Mm-hmm. Um, but what has happened, so with the far right, you get this like overemphasis on the, on the first word, and almost to the point where, like, the first word eclipses and suffocates the second word, which is actually the more important word is the second word. But that it, it goes in that direction. It's, like, law-heavy. Um, in the, on the left, you have um, a complete rejection of the law. So you get a lot of language of, I'm okay, it's okay, I don't have to, like, I'm completely accepted. And, like, we, we in, the, you know, in, in, the, in the law gospel realm, always play with that language, like, you are accepted by Christ no matter what. Um, but it's just like flat out, like they've completely thrown out. So the preaching becomes God is love and God loves, God, God is love, God loves you. And it's this abstract kind of um, uh, message that you can't really like, well, how how is it impacting me? Like, I'm just okay now? Like, I'm good? What's happening? I don't really get it. And that's how I feel when it, because I have gone to both churches um, my tradition can, can my uh, my tradition can contain both extremes um, to a large degree. But so what happens is is that that message, the second word, gets sucked into the place and becomes law. So like now, like it's it's heavy law in the sense that you can't not you can't preach the law. 
Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Like yeah, it does. the gospel then becomes gets sucked into the place of the first word, um, and so it's it becomes this sort of uh, condemning. Um, there's there's no room for conviction. There's no room for you know feeling failure. There's no room for um, confession. There's no room for you know, and so you lose those those aspects. So it's they're both essentially legalistic to some extent because what what has happened on the left is that the gospel has become the law and um on the right what you have is the law eclipsing the gospel so it's sort of almost they're playing they're they're in the realm of the law both of them Um, yeah that that does make sense because I, i have felt before that like the people on the extremes have a lot more in common than than they really want to admit yeah um, yeah, like atheists and Christians. I mean, I, I, I the, the, I have my brother's an atheist, and I can have just wonderful conversations with him because he's seeking truth to some mm-hmm. degree. Um, and but the people I have the most difficulty discussing God with are the agnostics because the language gets pulled in, and there is this understanding of like spirituality and uh, maybe a higher power, but. It's this sort of like ambiguous language and you can take from whatever religion you want to take from and, you know, we're like atheists are just sort of like, like if you were to draw a scale, it would be circular and you'd have like a dot for atheism and a dot for Christianity and they would be like nearly right on top of each other on the same side of the circle and opposing that, there would be a dot and that would be agnostics. <laughs> you know, like it's just, it's, that's, uh, that's, um, the, that's a random, psych, that's a random random rabbit hole by the way I, you're welcome <laughs> well you thank you very much and also i'd just like to point out speaking for the both of us so blessed that we both have perfect theology and never make any mistakes it's amazing i don't know how i do it but i'm incredible well and you've always prided yourself on your humility that's one of your <laughs> yeah it's i am just so grateful that i'm this good <laughs> <clears throat> Every theologian, every every theologian has a heresy deep down inside her. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, mine is yoga pants. I just <laughs> no, didn't 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 want to confess that, but you brought it out of me. So mm. I have that power. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, real quick, did Ruth sex Boaz that first night or not? No, oh, I don't come think on. so. You, you know she did. Okay, I mean, okay, let's <laughs> let's let's put it this way. Okay, the uncovering of the feet, like the way I was taught in my Old Testament, like 100 class in seminary, my MDiv, it was pretty much like this means sex. Um, and I, you know, I'm kind of thumbing through my Lutheran Bible study and um, Bible study Bible, Lutheran mm-hmm. study Bible, and. Um, they make a good point. They say that, you know, some interpreters view this as a polite way to note sexual activity, but that doesn't jive with, like, the rest of the book and, mm. like, Ruth and Boaz's kind of upright activity. Now, I maybe... I what you the, did there. Yeah. So maybe the first thing we could do is we could say easily, um, uh, like, okay, human nature, Ruth's not above that, right? She's not above trying... Maybe she's trying to make an advance, and he's like... No, 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 not like this. So, whatever happens, I don't think it's like full blown. This means that they had full on intercourse. Um, I, I, um, I, w- 
I would maybe give you enough leash to say <laughs> she started the advance and he stopped it. <laughs> um, I, I'll meet you halfway. What if it, in, in your terminology, what if it wasn't, what if in, okay, what if in Bill Clinton's terminology, it wasn't full blown sex? It, it, it depends on what the definition of is. is. <laughs> uh, I think they totally did it. Ah, <laughs> uh, you know, I don't know. Why? What would be the point? What would, what, how would that add to the story? How would that add to the salvation story? Listen, Just that she was that bad? They were that bad? It is, it is, it is, it is momentously important for my personal devotion. <laughs> Do you meditate on that, on that, on that portion of scripture? Every time there's like a gray area in the scripture or like it's something that like smells of like a, um, like wordplay. Like yeah. when it says like Noah's sons went in and saw their father naked, it's like okay, you know we've all seen our parents naked. There's obviously something else going on here, like, right? Yeah, and the other one is like uh, what was the other one? Like the biblical wordplay, like where uh, was it? Like Saul is in the cave and it says he like uh, covers his feet, and it's like okay, he's taking a dump. <laughs> like can we just <laughs> he's taking a dump. He covered his feet. Uh, it doesn't literally mean he, he's just taking a dump. That, you know, those are the things that those are the biblical mysteries that I need. I need un, unwoven, un, unearthed. Yes, and I'm just not getting it from from John Piper. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, I was just looking it up, and I don't know. I'm, I'm, I don't think I can go full on. I feel like Naomi was. I'm going to pull a reference out for you. I feel like she was basically a golden girl. Like, I don't know if you remember that show, The Golden Girls. Yeah. But, like, they were all kind of, like, randy older ladies. And I feel like Naomi just sort of wandered in off the set of The Golden Girls. And she was like, listen, honey, this is what you do. You go in there. You give them a little taste. And then I feel like that's kind of what happened. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. See, he is winnowing barley tonight at the threshing floor. And then she washes herself and she anoints herself. So instead of like actually studying things that would make me a better Christian, this is just kind of how I this is how I spend my time. Well, I I think um, I, I think I think it's valid. Um, <laughs> I, I do want to I do sort of want to like pull out Luther here and say you know be careful of pondering too deep into the mysteries of God or and into the mind of God. It will cause one to go crazy. Um, so, but but good on you, good on you. If it, if it brings you to the word, Matthew, that's all that we can ask for. <clears throat> I think, I I just I think she uncovered more than his feet. I'm just throwing that out there. Yeah, well, you know, the uh, Luther seems to skip right over that whole phrase, <laughs> and that's <laughs> and that's why we have a podcast to confront these biblical issues that the other theologians are afraid to well I f- we didn't solve the issue but i feel like we've made real theological progress i i think so and i think we can say that they didn't sleep together <laughs> there's no way there's no way he like well if if uh if bill clinton taught me anything it's that uh sometimes there's a gray area with these things oh yeah yeah he's he's pretty good at that <laughs> Lauren Larkin, thank you for being yes. with us on Fun Thanks for having me. Tonight. Anytime.
See, I really like that Matthew guy. He's very frisky. So blessed that we both have perfect theology and never make any mistakes. Yeah, it's just like a show of like perfect white people. And it's like, come on, guys. Like, I am a perfect white person. Like, you know, I, I tune into TV to get away from real life. 